podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, what's going on, people? You're now locked into the Disunomics podcast. I hope you've had a great week so far. I hope you're enjoying the sunshine. Me, I'm still recovering from knee surgery, so man's been indoors just getting cooked by the sun, boy. But yeah, soon I'll be joining you people outside. In fact, that's a lie. <laughs> I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to go anywhere until my holidays, so let me know if in cap I ain't joining. Nobody outside. But anyway, firstly, as I like to do on the pod, is shout out the previous week's episode, and that is the UK housing market, is the bubble gonna burst? Should we be worried with the current state of the UK housing market? I dropped that pod last week, so make sure you check that out. Now, this week, we're talking protesting with regards to what we've seen from Extinction Rebellion, uh, Just just Stop the Oil, who's the other one? Oh, there's, there's another group that, that my memory is failing me currently. But I want to talk about them because we've seen like a few bits and pieces in the news this week speak about how protests have been quite controversial, how the government has reacted and my thoughts on that. So we're going to get into it. How do we know when a protest has gone too far? That's coming up next. Hi, I am MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. Because it's lit. Because it's lit. So, Just Stop It All has been in the news for some of their controversial dealings and some of the things this week have been super interesting. So, the most recent one that kind of caused a debate in my group chat and I've learned a lot from it, I'm not going to lie, was um, George Osborne, the former Chancellor for the Conservative Party. He got married this weekend and on, upon leaving the church, uh, some elderly woman came and threw orange confetti over him. Although this was posted on Just Just Stop the Oils page, they said that it wasn't them that did it. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, well, obviously that's brought backlash and some support. And then there also, there's also been events at Wimbledon, for example, which I'll talk about later in a pod, where two men and a woman, all in their 60s, disturbed, interrupted a actual match at Wimbledon. So I thought, let's talk about this. And even reminded me of seeing um, Shout Out 90s Baby podcast and <laughs> they were talking about um, the Range Rover lady who like basically does protesters in her way and she just kind of just ran them over. And then Back Row G was on a podcast and he'll say, press it at super, super funny skit. So I thought I might as well talk about this. This is an interesting topic. And I know that there has been changes to what you can and cannot do now as a protester with obviously with a lot of pressure on the government to make these changes and i think these things are more popular than we would like to believe but anyway first we're going to start off with just oil what is just stop the oil what is their campaign what are their feelings so let's get into it so just stop the oil is a coalition of groups working together to ensure that the government commits to ending all new licenses and consent for the exploration development and production of fossil fuels in the uk so they believe that the extraction of new oil and gas resources in the UK is an obscene genocidal policy that will kill our children and condemn humanity into oblivion. Now, I very much object to the usage of the word genocidal because that's, in my opinion, the most heinous thing we've ever seen in society, genocide. 
and climate, the impacts of climate change are not genocidal by definition. It's an epidemic, you could say that, but not genocidal. In terms of it killing children and condemning humanity to oblivion, so a lot of research has shown, um, and this is my surface level researcher, people, um, I, but hopefully by the end of the year, I'll be a climate change expert. Yeah, like I saw something on um, newscientist.com, like this is for 2009, it says there's a 90% chance that 3 billion people will have to choose between going hungry and moving their families to milder climates, climes because of climate change within 100 years, says new research. And I also saw this from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe. Extreme weather linked to climate change is causing misery and hunger for millions of people. 811 million are currently going hungry around the world, a figure that would balloon exponentially if the 196 countries that sign up for Paris Agreement in 2015 don't further fulfil their duties. So there is this threat of mass hunger across the world. Just All Campaign also speak about how they take issue with the government providing billions of subsidies and tax breaks for fossil fuel extraction. Um, they're also angry at the wastage of billions supporting unicorn technologies as carbon capture and storage projects. They're not pleased with the lack of social change with regards to climate change, as well as the lack of widespread adaption, adoption, shall I say, of low carbon technology. And they also want us to end our reliance on fossil fuels within the next eight years. Just Stop Oil want us to cut energy demand by insulating Britain and massively investing in clean technologies, renewables and energy storage. They believe that we should have free public transport everywhere, which can help to address climate, climate change. They want to switch government subsidies away from dirty fossil fuels towards clean energy, transportation, insulation. Um, they believe that climate collapse will be the end of workers' rights, women's rights, and all human rights. And they believe that if you're not in the resistance, you are peace and evil. Now, my thoughts on Just Stop the Oil. A lot of their larger points make perfect sense because there's evidence to back this up regarding the dangers of climate change. They're 100% right. And I need to do more research, but it does seem that we're not currently doing enough. However, I think they are ex very extreme, but some will say because the situation is extreme, they must be extreme. Extreme By saying, if you're not in the resistance, you're appeasing evil. First of all, most people don't have enough information about climate change as of now. So I think that's a bit absurd. I thought the language they use is absurd and sensationalist, but they're trying to, they're trying to get the people going, right? So let's speak about their protest. So um, last Wednesday, on court 18, a man and a woman ran onto the court at Wimbledon during the game. And this is around 2.30, throwing, I think, orange paper petals and jigsaw pieces. Obviously, they were escorted off. And then a man came on and did the same thing a couple of hours later. Now, both, all three of them have been arrested. Um, and I think they've been charged with aggravated trespassing. And yeah, that's a bit mad. So we've seen all types of protests over the years regarding extinction, rebellion, insulate Britain, just stop the oil, right? From the man that was standing on top of the, the Jubilee line on, in Canning Town Station, East London. Obviously the train can't move because he's on top. Stopping hundreds of people go to work. When I saw the video on Twitter, do you know before you, because my Twitter doesn't have autoplay. So I saw the man standing, I saw the caption 
I saw it was Canning Town. So when I pressed play, I saw Canning Town. I already knew it was going to happen. So I knew, I was like, bro, this is not the right place to be doing this type of protest. They're going to drag you down. People don't have time. Obviously, we've seen people blocking people from going to the airport. We've seen people barricading on roads, stopping people. That's where the Range Rover lady came, came about. We've seen all types of mad disruption to everyday people's lives. And I always wondered how the public felt about this. Because I see the responses on social media when the news posts this, and then I see a lot of backlash. So I wondered how the country would feel. So initially, because I didn't really pay attention to the nature of the protest, I'm a fan of protesting because I believe it's a, it's a necessary part of democracy and keeping authorities accountable and then forcing change that, needed to ha that needs to happen sometimes. And protests are meant to be destructive by design, right? But I never really took in how destructive some of these protests were and I started to take, I want to say offense to it is the correct term, but I wasn't, mm, I don't really, I don't really F with that. But so if I was to guess how the country took to it, no, thinking about how British people are, I would guess that most people aren't in favor with the nature of the just oil extinction rebellion and insulate Britain's methodology when it comes to protesting. So I obviously, as I do all like to do my research, I'll say, is there any data on how the country feels with regards to these protests? So Social Change Lab commissioned YouGov.com, YouGov, not YouGov, to conduct three nationally representative surveys in the United Kingdom, like focusing their views on climate change and willingness to engage in environmental activism and their opinions of the climate actor groups Just Stop Oil. Okay, cool. So the key results. So despite disruptive protests, there was no loss of support for climate policies. Um, so this actually believes, this actually provides evidence, some evidence against the notion that these protests will lead to a negative public reaction to the goals of destructive movement. And I was quite shocked on that, but I do believe if this continues, we'll start to see a change. That's my personal belief. There was a marginally statistical change in self-reported likelihood of participants taking part in environmental activism, but from before the protest to after the protest. Um, so respondents will also ask questions about their concern about the climate crisis, their awareness of the impact of fossil fuels on climate change, their support for goals of Just Stop Oil, their discontent of the government and environmental policy, and so on and so on. Most people claim to be aware of Just Stop Oil and aware that their protests were taking place. 63% of respondents saying that they were aware of Just Stop Oil protests after most of the protests occurred. Most respondents did not support the actions of Just Stop Oil. I'm not shocked at this at all. Only 18% of respondents saying they were supporting their protests. I'm not surprised at that at all. <laughs> I'm not surprised at that at all. Let's just put my phone down. It's the nature of their protest and who their protest is impacting. And it's negatively impacting everyday people. Hence why their support will go down. Similar when I was speaking about the strikes in England from all the various industries, a lot of industries had very low support for strikes because you're impacting everyday people. Anyway, so the government are aware, of course, of public opinion. And also they're aware of the disruption to meaningful services, I mean, public services, business, everyday life, so on and so forth. So in comes the Public Order Act 2023. 
This act aims to increase the police's ability to restrict and criminalize protests actively by giving them new powers, right? So here are some of the powers. New and expanded usage of stop and search. Orders that ban people from participating in protests and controls their uh, movement, activity and associations. And new offenses that criminalize certain types of protests altogether. And the government refers explicitly to Extinction Rebellion, Just Stop All and Slate Britain. Now, this also came off the back. There was also momentum for this off the back of the Black Lives Matter protest as well. I remember Priti Patel was talking about it at the time. He was a home, off, he was home secretary at the time. So what are the new offences? Locking on and being equipped for locking on is now an offence. This is when you attach your, yourself to other people, attach yourself to buildings or attach yourself to objects. If this is causing serious disruptions to two or more people or to an organisation in a public place, this is an offence. To commit this offence, you must have intended your acts to cause serious disruption or you are reckless as to whether your acts would cause serious disruption. Now, in terms of being reckless, how the law views reckless is taking unjustified risks, right? And if you get convicted of this, you could be punished with jail for up to six months you can be fined or both. That's wild. So if you see people chaining themselves to in front of Canada Goose um, in Regent Street to stop, I don't know, to stop animal cruelty, they could hold a fine or they could be in jail. This offence criminalises those who are also equipped for locking on. So not only if you actually successfully lock on, but if you, even if you are equipped, locked and loaded, pause, <laughs> to lock on so if you're carrying an object in public and intending to use this object in course of or in connection with yourself or any other person committing the offense of locking on if convicted you are punished with an unlimited fine so they could find you 100 bags if they want to obviously not but you could be fined the next one causing serious disruption by tunneling being present in a tunnel and being equipped for tunneling so this is what this means creating a tunnel participants in creating a tunnel or pardon me say participate in creating a tunnel or you are present in a tunnel and you cause or capable of causing serious disruption to two or more people or to an organization in a public place other than a dwelling and intend or are reckless as to whether as to whether creating or being in a tunnel will cause or be capable of causing serious disruption so if you're convicted of this in magistrate courts, in the magistrate's court, these offences are punishable with imprisonment for up to general limit of magistrate's court, a fine or both. If you're convicted in the Crown Court, the maximum penalty is three years imprisonment, a fine or both. So you can face potentially up to three years for tunneling. If you're being equipped, it's six months, a fine or both, and that's six months in jail. They're not playing around. The next one, obstruction of major transport works. This offence criminalises behaviour that obstructs or interferes with the construction or maintenance of transport works, such as HS2. You'll be committing offence if you obstruct individuals, like construction workers, from constructing or maintaining any major transport works, or you interfere with, move or remove apparatus related to construction, constructing or maintaining major transport works. You're guilty of this offence. If convicted, you're punishable with up to six months imprisonment, a fine or both. 
There is a defense of reasonable excuse for this offense. And the final one, entering um, with key national infrastructure. This offense criminalizes behavior which prevents to any extent or significant delays the, op the operation of key infrastructure, including roads, railways, airports, harbors, oil and gas or electricity genera generation infrastructures or newspaper printing in England and Wales. There's a list of key national infrastructure spe specified in this act, which can be added to by the Secretary of State. Here's how you could be committing this offense. You take action that interferes with the use or operation of any of these key national infrastructure and intent or are reckless as to whether your actions interfere with the use or operation of these key national infrastructures. If convicted in the magistrate's court, you are punishable with an imprisonment for up to the general limit of a magistrate's court, a fine or both. If convicted in a Crown Court, you can, you can get up to 12 years, imprisonment, a fine or both. So now they're giving you serious, 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 serious birds. Yeah, and that's a colloquialism for a length in jail for this offence. Now, what is key to understand is what constitutes a key disruption, a serious disruption, should I say. Physical obstruction prevented or hindered to more than a minor degree of doing. Day-to-day -day activities, including journeys, or construction or maintenance works or related activities. So that is a serious disruption. Also, if you prevent or delay, if, if you've prevented or delayed from making or receiving a delivery on time of sensitive products or prevented or disrupted from accessing essential goods or services, these essential goods or services include money, food, water, energy or fuel, um, communication systems, places of worship, transport facilities, education institutions or health services. So if you prevent or delay making or receiving delivery on time of sensitive products, or you prevent, disrupt any of these things I just listed, that is a serious disruption and you could be fined or jailed or both. This is insane. <laughs> this is insane. Um, how do I feel about this? I'm very uneasy because of the direction that this is taken. Now, understand the government's duty to protect civilians. Because, like, what? think about it. Like, if they're blocking off roads, for example, they're blocking off roads and there's massive traffic. If there is an ambulance stuck in this traffic with somebody who needs urgent care, that is a problem. If there is an ambulance stuck in traffic and can't get through because they need to get to somebody, that is a problem. If you're stopping doctors and nurses getting to work, that is a problem. If you're stopping teachers getting to school, that is a problem. Even stopping everyday people, especially in this cost of living crisis, even stopping people, certain people can't afford to be late to their work because they can be in serious trouble. Do you get what I'm saying? So, nah, I understand the government's need to have to protect the country in terms of its running. While well, at the same time, being able to protest is super important. And although I do think some of the protests from Just Stop the Oil, Extinction Rebellion, and oh, why do I always forget the other one? Insulate Britain. Some, I think some of the stuff they do is absurd. I don't know, it's a tough one because I feel like this could be a snowball effect where they're going to get more, now they can start to push through more and more ways to oppress and squash our ability to protest, which is not a good thing. But I do think that just stop or they drag it. So this is super interesting. Um, so in Spain, 
Just Stop Oil climate activists filled holes at 10 golf courses. So don't you know golf is a, is a sport or activity, shall I say, where you have a club. So this big stick, you hit a ball and your aim is to get it into a hole, right? So what they did was they filled 10 holes, 10 golf courses holes in protest because of a waste of water used to maintain the sport while a severe drought drips the nation of Spain, right? So members of Extinction Rebellion, sorry, not uh, just uh, Extinction Rebellion, Spain, they sabotage golf courses in six areas in the country, including Barcelona, Valencia, Madrid, Ibiza, Navarra, and the Basque Country. The campaigner said that golf um, during severe drought was an elitist leisure pursuit and it's a luxury we cannot afford. In a statement, they said, we sabotage 10 golf, courts, golf courses throughout Spanish territory. We act in 10 golf courses in six Spanish provinces with the aim to denounce a waste of water that golf entails in the midst of one of the worst droughts in, the, in, in history. The group may, said maintaining golf courses in Spain uses more water than the cities of Barcelona and Spain combined, claiming that one hole needs more than 100,000 litres a day. Boy, I understand where you think that that's a disproportionate usage of water. But I also understand people saying this is our private property and you're damaging our private property. And I think they should be prosecuted for that. Yeah, it's an elitist activity, but that's still somebody's business. Do you get what I'm saying? That's still somebody's business. Do you get what I'm saying? So, I know, bro. I know, bro. I can't lie. Let, let me know if in cap. Like, I feel like, I'm not going to lie. I get, and I need to learn more. My boy, shout out my boy, he's sending me voice notes on learning more about climate change. And it's a journey I want to go on. And I hope to go on this journey with you guys. But I'm all for us actually getting involved and stopping climate change but at the same time i'm not really digging this method i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie and, and it, to me it just comes across as pompous middle class super left-leaning white brits and it just comes across as nasty because when you see them do all these fuckery to disturb in everyday activities sports and events or whatnot, whatnot you see the smile on their faces it's despicable it proper aggravates me. And I saw something on Twitter today and I actually went to go check the article. One person who was, hold on, let me see if I can find this, John. Okay, leading member of Just Top Oil is revealed to be sitting on an estimated one million pound pension pot from Shell. So this gentleman's name is by the name of Dr. Graham Buss, A68. He works as a principal scientist for Shell for 33 years. He's now a spokesman for the climate change group Just Top Oil, right? So this man was working for Shell. Um, people in the industry estimate he would have been earning between 125 to 150,000 pounds plus bonuses by the end of his three decade long year career. Um, they talk about how he owns a big ass house. He's a PhD in food mechanics, all oh, very smart. And he's got um, a pension pot worth a, worth a milli off the, off the back of Shell. Oh, he was one of the people that ran onto um, Court 18 and got arrested. Give up your pension, big man. This is what I'm saying. These people demonize anybody that seems to benefit from this oil industry. Give up your Ross Clark pension. Waste, man. But yeah, man, I don't know, bruv. Like, I don't know. Like, if these men were like disturbing Shell and BP, man will hear it if they were disturbing the proceedings of the House of Commons, or let's say Rishi Sunak or anyone else in the members of parliament were speaking somewhere, disturbing the speech, speech in case I get it. Stopping people going from the airport. 
families who spent probably hundreds, thousands of pounds that can't afford to miss their flight. Getting back to them, fuck off. Sorry, I'm not having it. I think it's disgusting. I'm not gonna lie. And I know things are meant to be disruptive, but don't be disruptive to the working class, everyday people you're trying to protect. Get the fuck out of here. Find a different way. Do you get what I'm saying? That's where I stand now. That's where I stand now. Y'all might be mad, but I'm just keeping it, I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it a buck of y'all. But anyway, yo, people, let me know what you think, man. Let me know what you think. Um, I do think that there, it, that there has to be some limit of how far protests can go. Like, let's say, for example, the people who are against Jeremy Corbyn for the anti-Semitism stuff, which I think was nasty works. I don't think that Jeremy Corbyn is anti-Semitic. I don't think from what I've read and observed, and I research this very often, I didn't see any evidence of anti-Semitism from Jeremy Corbyn, I'm not gonna lie. But let's say people from said community were very angry with Mr. Corbyn and decided by pro their side of their method of protesting was to throw eggs at his house, also tie themselves to his house. Or if he's getting married, throw stuff at him. Like, no, I don't think you could do that. And I think a lot of people will probably agree. So surely there should be a level that protesters can't go to. But yeah, just because it's illegal, doesn't mean that you still can't do it. You can do it. You just got to get in trouble. And that's what we've seen all throughout society. From if you take China, Russia, Nigeria, we even take America or certain things that black people had to do to get their rights. Some of the things they had to do was illegal, but they were still fighting. Just get what I'm saying. So if you believe that strong, we still fight. But I don't know, man. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Actually, it's, it's a tricky one. My, my love for democracy and improvement in life was like, I'm pro-protesters, I still am. But my pragmatism and day-to-day -day understanding of people's lives, I feel like there has to be a limit. So that's how I stand. Let me know where you guys stand. On to the next episode. Peace and blessings. Bow. Sports Social Podcast Network.